Hi, everyone. You're listening to Bravo and the Brits, the podcast with a distinctly English take on all things reality TV. I'm here with the fabulous, flirty, fancy-free Faith Richardson. (laughs) Incredible. Love that for me. I'm sorry that your neighbour scuppered your plans to record outside. Oh, I was so bothered. It's like 24 degrees and I was like, yeah, put some shorts on. I'll sit out in the sun and do it. It'll be great. And then he literally started to cut his grass and I was like, you selfish prick. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were just embarrassed at the thought of a neighbour hearing the topic of discussion. I didn't realise it was a sound issue. No, no, no. I was just like, I don't want it to be like overpowering what I'm saying or anything, but... My neighbours on either side are like in their 70s, so I'm pretty sure they probably couldn't hear anyway, so. (laughs) Yeah, it's best just not to look at the weather when it's like this. I'm just sitting in my windowless box. (laughs) I'll go out at lunchtime and be like, oh my God. (laughs) So depressing. (laughs) It is bleak. How are you doing though? Are things getting a bit back to normality? Greg's been back at work now. They are. Like the first week that I was back, I was like, oh, it's kind of weird now. Like, I feel like a bit of a loose end, but I'm right back into just being like, I love this. I've got so much time to just like, I can work whenever I want and I can pot around and I can do this and that and not have to sort of be like, oh, well, he's in the living room, so I can't go watch some TV. So I'm going to have to do like, it's just like, oh, I can just swan around till my heart's content now. (laughs) You have your domain back. (laughs) I do. I'm truly back where I belong. (laughs) that's really good I'm dealing with uh, an annoying bag situation oh no the worst yeah I I ordered this bag because I wanted like a weekend bag mm-hmm. um because I've got like a little Chanel which I bought from a friend super cheap well super cheap it was 500 <laughs> quid but you know if I got it like refurbished yeah Can you refurbish a bag I don't know I if so. I got it renovated yeah it would be worth like 1500 and it would cost me like about 300 quid to repair so I'm still like in the green if I was ever gonna sell it I I probably won't I'll probably just keep it but I thought okay for my next kind of investment purchase I want to get a nice weekend bag buy a vintage one buy one that's already a bit beaten up so I can either down the line get it kind of tidied up and sell it on or just keep it um I quite like sort of a battered designer bag. I do as well. Like, I think it gives it a bit of charm and a bit of character. Yeah, Yeah. and it means that you're actually using it as well. Yeah, definitely. You're not too precious about it. Whereas otherwise, I'm like, are you hiring that? (laughs) That's a rental. Because people do do that. Yeah, it's like a proper thing. It's like a full bag rental service. £40 to rent a bag, though. I... I don't know I can't I really like the idea of renting clothes because obviously it's the idea is to cut down on like just the endless cycle of buying but for myself like I need to own something even if I and then I sell it on I'm like you but I don't know renting I can't get on board with no I'm the same it feels too weird to me like I kind of I'm the same like I want to know that it's mine and that if I spill something or if I love it so much or that it feels like amazing whenever I wear it that I don't have to give it back Mm. it's like it's just mine to have for as long as I get enjoyment out of it and then whenever I'm done with it yeah like I'll sell it on or whatever I wonder how that whole industry is weathering the storm because as soon as events stop happening you kind of stop having the need to yeah and I guess I suppose it makes sense if you're in a sort of business where you have like big big events to go to because then it makes more sense than spending I don't know like a couple of grand on a dress for literally an occasion but at the same time, it's like I would never rent my wedding dress because it would be my dress. I want that. But then also, if you're going to that kind of event, then you probably have thousands of pounds to just yeah. spend <laughs> at your own. Dis- I don't know. It's hmm. yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? I know. I don't know how I feel about it. So what's been your bag fiasco then? Well, I ordered this uh, vintage Celine weekend bag didn't pay much for it um because the seller was like I'm not sure about the authenticity which is fine um I kind of took a look at the pictures and I was pretty happy that it was authentic and anyway I'm kind of happy to take a gamble and I was like if it is a fake it looks good enough that it doesn't really matter you know I know like I I wouldn't then sell it on as an authentic one obviously but if it's just for my personal use Anyway, it arrived and the piping is literally coming away on like three of the corners, like fully like unraveled. 
and I just sent her a message and I was like look you know I know you said you weren't sure about the authenticity but you also said great condition and yeah to be quite honest with you that is not great condition like that's something you need to mention um also the scale is like wild it's tiny um I I mean I should have asked but just the way that she photographed it made it look a lot bigger than it was so frustrating I was kind of like okay and then yeah she described it as a weekend bag and it's oh well if she described it as that and it's came and it's tiny then that's definitely on her no exactly exactly so I'm I'm confused but then she's got like 115 five-star reviews hmm that seems peculiar so it's really odd oh I'll just refund you everything if you give me a five-star review (laughs) yeah maybe maybe I'm gonna ask for a refund because I think a repair would cost the same as I paid so yeah and it's just not worth the kind of hassle I've had a bit of an eBay not disaster but just like a frustration this week as well where oh, ebay buyers are oh, the worst kinds of people really <laughs> i say that as an ebay buyer yeah no 100 percent. i literally i sold some like over the knee like gold like cowboy boots that i'd bought ages ago and they'd arrived and they were just too small for me so i'd sold them on i managed to make back what i bought them for which was <laughs> great and everything but <laughs> I don't know if that was just a visceral reaction to the thought that you had gold cowboy boots and to think to send me a picture of them. But I know we're not that we're not the same shoe size. Yeah. No, sorry, I took a sip of my coffee and went down the wrong way. Woo. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. No, they, when I bought them, I bought them from America and I bought them as a size six, but they'd clearly been an American size six so when they arrived. They were like tiny. Oh yeah, because that's I, what a UK size. I think like a four and a half oh yeah yeah so I literally put them on just like look I bought these as a six they're absolutely like they're way too small for me they'd maybe fit a five because my like they went on my feet and they fit me but they were just too small to like comfortably wear do you know what I mean yeah to like properly walk around yeah so I was like look they're this size they'd probably fit a five as well somebody bought them they've been like I obviously like tracked the delivery they got delivered a fortnight ago so literally like two weeks ago and then she messaged me yesterday, like, well, they don't fit me. So, okay, you've had them two weeks. Did you not think, you know, when they arrived, maybe you tried them on? So that, like, automatically is, like, alarm bells ringing. Yeah. And then I was like, whatever. I was like, if you just, like, um, like request a return, like, I'll accept it. You can just send them back. And I've just not heard from her since. So it's like she's clearly just trying to be, like, give me money rather than actually wanting to part with the boots. Mm-mm. Which I hate. I just think it's such like a, a scammy thing to do. Like people just take advantage of eBay's like ridiculous buyer protection scheme. Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, I got banned from eBay for life because <laughs> <laughs> I used to sell loads on there. Um, when I was at uni, I would do like a grand a month in sales on eBay. Amazing. And then I went into hospital randomly. So I obviously had, I had like 30 outgoing orders and I cancelled all of them and I explained and I was like, look, I'm sorry, like I live alone. I don't have anyone that can dispatch it for me. Um, My parents couldn't even get to me for like 10 days. So it's not like they could do it. And everyone was so nice. You know, they were like, that's totally fine. Completely understand. Mm -hmm. And then eBay was just like, you've cancelled too many orders. Um, This has automatically affected your seller rating, blah, blah, blah marked me down massively but then I was like oh it's fine I'll appeal because it's just an automated system so of course if you like bulk cancel orders it's going to be like hang on and uh, so I appealed it and they were like we stand by our decision (laughs) I was just like okay and then like I've tried to make so many new accounts and funnily enough I can make an account to buy off oh they're fine with that but I can't sell oh my god so I'm trying to like stealth it because I've got loads of like books and stuff that I really want yeah. to sell on eBay but that's the frustration that is the worst oh my god <sighs> so anyway people online yeah god when you can hide behind a screen yeah I mean I'm sure people in actual real life retail scenarios are also pretty terrible to be fair some of my students have like the worst stories about customers they absolutely are I used to work in a in a Nike shop and I once had a, like a parent literally scream in my face because their child was too overweight that their ankles wouldn't fit into some of like, small boots 
And I was like, well, now you see, this is why I could never go into customer service because I would just be like, well, maybe if Stephen here didn't have his cankle. <laughs> and I was literally just like, well, they can, like, you could just buy, because this kid was like maybe like 13 or something. And I was like, well, if you get them like in the, the men's size, whatever, maybe they'll fit better. And they were just like, why? Like, it's not my fault. And I was like, well, it's certainly not mine. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine being that deluded. I know. It was truly wild. I mean, I loathe working in retail. I've had too many jobs in retail to ever It's go okay. Back. We'll never go back there, I promise. Never. <laughs> <laughs> like, worst comes to the worst. You'll just be my content manager. <laughs> All about that. That is truly the dream. <laughs> and if I go bankrupt... I don't know, you'll have to hire me for HLN. I will. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure we could definitely find a resident stillista. <laughs> yes, we could so do that. So, Roni. Roni. Wow, Roni. <laughs> Doesn't it already feel like so much has happened this series? I feel like Tinsley left a lifetime ago. Yeah, and it's only been, what, two episodes? Three episodes? Shut up, really? Yeah, I think it's not been that long. It's no, it's insane. I feel like we've seen entire lifetimes and seasons come and go. I do as well. Like, and I feel like so much is happening each episode, which is why I think I've always loved Roni because it feels like it's got such good pace to it. Whereas you look at things like Beverly Hills and they're like flogging the same dead horse that they did in the first episode, like 15 episodes later. And it's like, oh, I'm so bored of this. Yeah, I, I do need to watch everything, though, because apparently things have like kicked off. Yeah, same. I feel like I need to go back and watch it, but it's truly just been like, I've just not been bothered. I've not been excited to watch it in the way that I've been like excited to watch Roni. Without kind of knowing everything, mm-hmm. Team Denise or Team Brandy? Team Denise. Okay, interesting. <laughs> Where do you sit on it? I really don't know. I listened to Hot Takes and Deep Dives yesterday mm-hmm. and Jess was saying... Uh, she had a guest on who was saying that a lot of gay or bisexual people, when they kind of have a relationship or an experience with someone who is not, I mean, Denise is kind of out, but she's not like out, out like Brandy yeah. is, that sometimes they can kind of build, you you get the instinct to kind of build it up in your head and you get very resentful because you feel like their dirty little secret mm-hmm. um, and that he thinks that's maybe why brandy is kind of using this to try and take down denise because the fact that denise is like denying it and making it seem like less than it was yeah might have kind of slighted brandy a bit in that way so he had a very interesting take on it i don't know that i subscribe to that a hundred percent yeah i do sense that there is some genuine hurt on brandy's side even though obviously the way she's dealing with it is very much about like creating drama and kicking up a fuss but yeah it does seem to be coming from a place of genuine upset yeah I think for me the biggest thing is like I I don't really feel like I carry the way whether they hooked up or not do you know what I mean like for Mm -hmm. me it's like a it's not really an issue in that sense I just hate that all the women have jumped on it like it's this like huge sacrilegious kind of a thing And then there's also, I was reading something yesterday and I can't remember whose Instagram it was on, but it was another Bravo pod. Um, And they were saying like, it's really interesting because when there was all the rumours about like Maurizio's cheating scandal that got shut down and wasn't allowed to be discussed and like all the different lawsuits that have been going on, like when um, Erica's husband and Kyle's husband and Dorit and PK and everybody like have all been sued throughout one of these seasons and they never ever mentioned it and they played up the person getting sued on the series. Mm. And yet now that Denise is going through it with Charlie Sheen, they've made her look worse and they've not scrapped talking about it and things like that. So it feels like a weird double standard. Yeah, that is quite interesting. No, no, so I, like that. I just feel like it's just, I don't know, there's just something gone so off with like Beverly Hills where I just don't enjoy it anymore. I, I really don't like Kyle. I don't think she no. actually brings anything to the series. I find her inane. I find her vapid. I do as well. I and think- not not even in a Camille way where she's so yeah. easy to hate, <laughs> yeah. you know, and kind of bitchy and awful and beautiful. Yeah. I just find Kyle very blah. 
I do as well. I think they should get rid of Kyle and Teddy. I just think they add truly nothing to the series. Oh, Teddy. Poor Teddy. Oh, God. <laughs> Teddy is like me at art school when I got there and I was like, oh, shit, like everyone here is so cool. And then I like panicked and dyed my hair an insane colour. That's what Teddy has done. She's been like, oh, better get some edge. Yeah, <laughs> need some pink locks. <laughs> I mean, she does look great, to be fair. I, I also, though, I feel like Teddy is like, for somebody who brings nothing but drama and shit stirring, she's truly the dullest person to watch. And I don't know how she's managed to be both of those things at once. Yeah, I mean, I also, I guess because I have no clue who her freaking dad is. He's no. some kind of like rock god, I don't know. I, I can't even... Like, she literally just seems like she's come out of nowhere. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know, like, her background. And I don't get any of the resultant star power showing through. No, I don't either. She's just the polar opposite of, like, charismatic. She's <laughs> <laughs> just so bland. It's it's oh, I just find her insufferable to watch. I love the watch what crappens, guys. They always just do this impression that's like, hi, I'm Teddy. <laughs> Just like this, like plodding, like hi. It's literally that. Just she's just the worst. I, I quite liked her when she first joined, but now I'm just I can't. I can't with her. It needs a shake up. That's for sure. One hundred percent. So in Roni, we cut straight to a scene with Luann, which surprised me. So there was no direct aftermath of the Ramona party scene. We kind of go straight from her, you know, shouting at the producers to like a whole new day. Yeah, I was hoping for at least a little bit of repercussion from that, like maybe the party getting shut down or them being escorted out or something. I was just hoping for a little bit of something because I don't understand how it went from that to the party ending. I felt like it needed more context. I think as this episode goes on, you start to understand that basically this is all just revolving around Ramona's double standard. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's actually articulated really well throughout this episode as well. I think they've they've done some excellent editing. (laughs) (laughs) They're working overtime. So we're televising Luanne's spa day for the Fortune Society. Luanne tries on some bangs and she looks quite Sandra Bullocky, I thought. Yeah, I wasn't that that bad about them. Like I thought in the very, very brief, like flashback well flash forward that we saw at the end of last week I was like oh she's gonna look awful but they kind of grew on me although I did love that Sonia came in and blew on was like take my bangs and she was like oh god no <laughs> I I think I don't think they looked bad I did think they aged her yes I agree it was like when Dorinda put that brown wig on and oh, suddenly she's just like <laughs> some miserly old artist who'd never seen the light of day <laughs> She reminded me of um, the feminist bookshop woman from Portlandia. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing what a a good or a bad haircut can do for a person. It it? changes so much. It changes so much, honestly. The men that have shaved their heads over lockdown and it has just not been good to see from a distance. Um, So Ramona rocks up. Now, do you think it's a little misguided to bring a Birkin to a charity day? I feel like you kind of need to read the room. And if you're wearing on your wrist something that is more than what most people earn in a year. Yeah, I don't think the com- I don't think it needed to be the combination of the the bag and the outfit and the, the sort of the spawning in with a clearly misguided read of the situation. Like it was just a lot. And I mean, it was classic Ramona through and through. But yeah, that also made me uncomfortable. Um, Leah and Dorinda get in the car together. I mean, okay, I can't believe that this is the day after Ramona's party. I mean, if it actually is, yeah. that's impressive. I'm hoping this is a pickup scene because otherwise I'm obviously not experiencing the same level of hangover as everyone else if people yeah. are able to get this back in the saddle. Everyone seems to just be like fresh and up and at it. Like I don't know if that just happens when you get really rich and suddenly everything's just easier. <laughs> everything's just better. Life is just more convenient. Life does get to revolve around you a lot more when you yeah. have money. I found myself so many times during this episode be like god I wish I was this rich. <laughs> money is power. My mom always says people that think money d- People that think that money doesn't matter have never gone without it. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's one of those things as well where it's like, 
you know, the kind of the cliche thing is like people who don't think that money brings you happiness don't know where to shop. But it's that thing of like, it's not that the things that money can buy you, it's the freedom and the effortlessness that it affords you. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I've had situations where I've had to have surgery and the difference between being able to pay up front for it because I was covered under my dad's insurance from his good job back in the day and having to go on a waiting list was, you know, seven months. Yeah. So when people say, oh, life's not about money, it's like, well, I'm sorry, no, like the system that we live in, like money does make your life easier and I think there's a threshold they've done a few studies to like work out where the tipping point is of like once you get to that point of money you actually start to get more miserable right so it does seem to facilitate up to a point and I think it's something like 100 100k a year or something right so I think up to about 100k you're pretty happy yeah, And then I think once you go over that, because then you start having the pressures that go with a job where you're raking in more than, a you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So I always think that's quite interesting. That is fascinating because that is one of those things where it's like, um, I, I read this thing the other day. It was really interesting where it was like the lifestyle that you think you want is a rich person. It's not you think you want this lifestyle that's free and, you know, you don't have any constraints and you can just do what you want. You've got this. It's like that all comes from being a rich person and that's an unfortunate reality you know you want to be able to travel or you want to be able to explore something or you know have the freedom to take an afternoon off that all comes from having wealth and it, but it but it also comes from having like an autonomous wealth so you know if you're the CEO of a fortune 500 company like your life is held hostage by your job so the way that I'm kind of trying to plan my life and design my life like I would rather do something on a smaller scale but that gives me that flexibility and obviously I'd like it to be you know lucrative that I can make a decent living from it but I wouldn't just submit myself for the sake of a lot of like I know in my heart and this makes me very happy that if someone came to me and was like we'll give you 70k a year to do this job Mm -hmm. that I would be like "Mm, actually no I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing but yeah to have that freedom I mean even just like the odd day that I have where I have like scheduled meetings back to back or I have to be this place and this place between these hours and things like that like that already just makes me frustrated that I don't have freedom and flexibility because everything else about my job I can just do it whenever and whenever I want to and also I was (laughs) we've got so much to say on this topic we do need to write a book um (laughs) I was also reading that you know yeah men tend to earn more than women they tend to do better career-wise for a whole host of factors men across the board report being less happy than women particularly in the later years of their life and that tends to be or so this study was kind of surmising that they they put this idea of career success on paper actually before their own personal wants and needs yeah so it's like you can get the good job or you like but actually if you're not happy you know what does it mean yeah and what's what's it worth yeah I think that's such a valid like point as well because it is that thing like you can have as much money as you want and it's kind of the flip side of it it's like yeah you can have all the freedom things like that but if you don't know how to be happy or how to make yourself happy it's kind of redundant yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes we need to write a book (laughs) so Ramona calls this whole party affair a snafu (laughs) which I just I like as a word I do as well there's something about the word snafu that really just like it sings to me it (laughs) sounds It sounds like a monster in a children's story, but like a kindly monster. Yeah, like a big snafu. Shh. <laughs> go say hello to the snafu. <laughs> he, I don't know, he lives in a pond and he's covered in algae. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird to me how Ramona was suddenly kind of downplaying this whole thing. Yeah, this just went backwards and forwards. And it was, it was already sort of the the beginnings of seeing Ramona's double standard of things. Like she was so in on Leah about this dancing thing. And she's blown this up to be something that it truly just wasn't. 
and that the other women were involved in, you know, Luan and Dorinda were a part of that. So <laughs> even Elise. Even Elise was like up in there. So I don't know why Leah's getting the brunt of that, but Sonia is fine for smashing glass and, you know, dancing on tables. And I mean, even we obviously will get to it, but later in the like the the episode where they're in Mexico and she's just like, well, you know, Sonia, she just like she just didn't respect my party and she just really hurt my feelings. And it's like you're saying this to the woman that literally stomped on a glass mirror. Yeah, it's yeah, it's cool. insane. And apparently, she asked everyone to pitch in for a Gucci bag, <laughs> pitch in a hundred dollars a piece. I mean, even the most expensive Gucci bag, I didn't think was like thousands of dollars. I know. I mean, I, knew- I thought it was like maybe like two grand. Yeah, same. But I mean, if she had all fifty women there and they all chipped in a hundred dollars. Like that's that's more than just that bag, and especially for a bag the size that she was presented with. Like, yeah, <laughs> bigger is better for me with bags. As yeah, we know. yeah. If I'm paying that kind of money, I want it to be there. I want a roomy, yeah. a roomy setup. Even if I've literally just thrown my wallet and lipstick into it, that's all I need. <laughs> but I love a little bit of shade where she was just like, "Oh, well, at least she's got a real one now," because that other bag was like fake as fuck. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> And so Ramona says she's worried about Sonia and Luan sort of knows that she can't really wade in with Sonia and her drinking. And she says it's because, oh, Sonia's not ready to listen. But in actual fact, I also think it's because Luan can't really talk. Although Luan has, well, okay, (laughs) she's been broadly well behaved this season, but obviously she did have her her cabaret meltdown. I think apart from the Berkshires, though, I think Luann's managed to handle balancing sobriety and the occasional drink fairly well. Yeah, she doesn't seem to be spiralling in the same way. No, but I just, oh, it was just the venom that came from Ramona when she was discussing anything to do with Leah. It was just so bizarre to me. I couldn't understand it. Well, she's doing her whole, I was disgusted by her. I can't even repeat what she did. I can't even talk about it. And I think Dorinda absolutely hits the nail on the head when she says that Leah has the one thing that Ramona can't buy, much yeah. as she tries her youth. <laughs> Simple as. I know. And weirdly, again, Dorinda, this episode, I was fully on board with her for the most part. She was actually fairly articulate and fairly, like, decent and you know it was one of those like rare occasions where I'm like oh Dorinda if you were like this all the time it would be great but and you can just <laughs> be a- <laughs> yeah <laughs> so Ramona at this event trying to talk to normal people is a television show concept that I could watch for hours on end God. Oh, it's so uncomfortable it was just awful it's like she was she couldn't get the grasp of like she was either talking to them like they were like infants or the weird like almost crying because that girl said she'd been in prison for three years and it was just she was just like fluctuating and swinging between all these different like attempts at speaking like a normal human being I mean bless that woman for just being like yeah 38 months yeah just being so normal and like no I'm so blase about it uh Luan also does that thing where she's like this is Dorinda (laughs) she's also doing that like speaking really slow and exciting god I was dying it's like none of these women apart from Leah have ever actually spoken to anybody who doesn't exist in like the Upper East Side world yeah and I mean obviously like when (laughs) when Leah went off on that tirade against Ramona and then in her testimonial, when she was just like, like, oh no, she wasn't even in the, was it in the testimonial? It was where she was like, Ramona would treat all of these women yeah. like shits. And she is so right. If this she wasn't is. being filmed, Ramona would either be actively nasty or yeah. completely blank. Yeah, or she'd be doing that very condescending thing. Well, you know, if you just hadn't gone to prison, you wouldn't have to do any of this. And if you just did this and, you know, blah, 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 in that like scoldy like way that she seems to think is motherly but is just incredibly patronizing <laughs> it's got shades of like catholic mother yes oversteps the mark she has that vibe about her with truly everything she does <laughs> dorinda gets her foot out and says she stepped on some glass and sonia says she literally doesn't remember breaking the mirror i mean I mean, there was a very vacant look behind sonia's eyes to be fair <laughs> 
And then her plan for scaling back on her drunken antics is like, you're right, I should switch from vodka back to wine and champagne. <laughs> like, okay. Not I'll cut down or I'll only drink with dinner. No, no, I'll just switch up what alcohol I'm drinking. I, mean, I, I actually think champagne gets me more drunk than vodka. Same. I do. It's the bubbles. It's, yeah, it's something about it just really really gets to me and I think it's that thing it's like if you just pick one and you just build up a kind of natural tolerance to it where it doesn't affect you the same way as other things do like I for the most part only drink vodka or rum but if I drink something like tequila I can have one shot of tequila and be basically blind and I just turn into an (laughs) asshole do you remember that was it was it a whiskey or a rum that had like gold flakes in it and everyone was like yeah it cuts your throat on the way down so it goes oh into God, the bloodstream that. faster I think it was vodka it was like goldschlager or something like that yes goldschlager and it but it was kind of like cinnamony it was actually really tasty yeah it was really nice but yeah everyone was like yeah it just gets straight into your bloodstream so you get drunk quicker and it's like such a crock of shit <laughs> when you're a teenager you're like yes sign me up for that it's gold and I'm gonna get drunk faster I mean, solid marketing tactics. Absolutely. (laughs) So Leah ends up storming out. Ramona basically doesn't even seem to, like, register what's going on, or she just kind of completely ignores it. And then Ramona just, like, wanders into the salon to, like, promote her skincare brand. Oh, God, I died at that as well. I mean, (gasps) when you sent me that screenshot that she had it on the table... Yeah, so um, in last week's episode when she was having that dinner with Mario and Avery, I didn't clock it, but I'd seen it on Instagram and she just put, put a bottle of her skincare on the table facing the camera. <laughs> just the balls. I know. The gall. You could tell Mario looked at her doing that and was like, this is why I've left you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a man in the background of this scene in the salon that is wearing like basically like a riding hat with a pom-pom on top did you register that I did I I couldn't not look at it (laughs) now I also loved seeing the women's transformations I'm glad that they included that that was cool and then I was like oh maybe Luann isn't all that bad yeah I actually I literally wrote down like I feel like this was a great time for Lou like this was a good moment for her yeah I think she came out of it not looking like a prick yeah and I also feel like, at least with Luanne, she does, like, bless her <laughs> misguided actions of the first few series, but at least she does her philanthropy hands-on, right? Yeah, like, Ramona to- wants to raise money. It's always about raising money. Doing the galas, doing the dinners, doing the auctions, yeah. whereas Luanne seems more willing to do stuff that's, like, hands-on and, like, actually get involved with people, even if she comes out of it looking cringe or out of touch. Like, at least she puts herself out there for it. Yeah, I always think that as well. And it is, like you say, like there's times where she, it's more her ability to communicate with people that I think really lets her down. But I do appreciate that she likes to like, you know, get stuck in and roll up her sleeves and be around the actual people that she's helping rather than like you say, just being like everyone praising her for putting on a good dinner or a good gala. Yeah, and I do feel like at least in this scene, she didn't do anything that really made me like embarrassed for her she she came out of this looking good (laughs) so we then go to century 21 to see Sonia's fashion on the shop floor I mean um I know we were dubious about this but when you saw it in situ I actually think this is probably the perfect place for her clothes yeah I mean look I don't know I was so seduced by Sonia being so thrilled and excited about this like I, I got like infected by her girlish excitement and I was like genuinely so happy for her and I was just like oh my god women are supporting other women <laughs> I got exactly this as well like seeing how like genuinely happy Dorinda seemed and like even Ramona managed to do some semblance of a good imitation of joy for somebody else <laughs> Ramona was okay with it not being about her for about five minutes before she brings up Leah's bipolar disorder and decides that this is why she acted irresponsibly. This bothered me no end and it was truly the beginning of a narrative that I think has been a long time coming with Ramona and it is this thing of like just using people's weaknesses and things as 
a reason to be an arsehole to them or a reason to be like, see, I knew this person was bad news. It's because they've got bipolar or it's because of this. And she tries to pull it off in a way of like, well, I'm just making excuses for you. And it's like, you're not, you're using that as a reason to be a dick basically. And I just, I took such issue with the fact that she was talking. It'd be one thing if Leah had spoken to her about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's it's the fact that there was obviously some, like, sleuthing in the background. Yeah, and the fact that she's, like, gleaned this information from, like, a long stream of gossip that she's clearly been having with her other Upper East Side rich white women friends. Mm. And then just banding it about and telling everybody, and it's like, that's not your place. It's not up to you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I think it it's just... <laughs> I mean, even if Leah did act responsibly, like you say, like, this is not the way to go about it. But Leah literally was just dancing, right? Sonia was the one that clambered up onto the furniture and, like, (laughs) smashed up the property. Also, didn't Ramona pull sconces off the fucking wall in the Berkshires one year? Yeah, in Dorinda's bedroom. She literally trashed the full room. She ripped things down and broke bits of the wall and all sorts. So when uh, when, uh, Ramona goes, three strikes and you're out. And then there's just this, like, shot of Sonia being like, hmm? Yeah. I think that was, like, extremely deliberate because Sonia must be counting her, you know, 300th strike at this point. And it was. And I think they did really well with the narrative of this whole episode where it was just little inferences like that where it was building up to the bigger picture, which is purely that Ramona just picks and chooses what she wants to be offended by. I mean, I tell you what, you can tell that Ramona is a Republican because you can tell that she just cherry picks facts and like constructs her own reality. So she'll just create the narrative that suits her and she'll have complete blind spots in other areas, which is exactly what Republicans do. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Ramona and Leah are actually ignoring each other as we head off on the trip. Leah had some great shady quips throughout this episode and I loved when she was just like oh yeah we've been ignoring each other although it's hard to ignore her leggings with heels (laughs) yes this that was and it was a kitten heel and there was like grey capri (laughs) workout leggings do you think do you think she was trying to do like athleisure but with glam like a a Gigi Hadid kind of look she was trying to do like a Kardashian kind of a vibe of like look at me wearing like sportswear but with heels I'm so glamorous I'm so on trend (laughs) (laughs) she did it in that classic like middle-aged woman way that has no style where it was just like she literally just put on her gym wear (laughs) threw on some kitten heels What's your kind of travel outfit of choice? I must admit, I usually do go for either a legging or a very, very sort of like soft, like lightweight jumpsuit. Like Ooh, a jumpsuit. I, yeah, when we went to Turkey last year, I literally had this like, it's kind of almost like a um, Aztec-y kind of print. I've, I've got it on eBay for like 99p, but it's like halter neck and like big wide palazzo trousers. But it's so lightweight and soft and it's like really baggy. So it's like the perfect thing where I'm like, I don't want to feel like a scruff, but because <laughs> I can't do people that travel in jeans are psychopaths. I flew to Barcelona once in skinny jeans and then got off the plane. We put our stuff into our villa, uh, not villa, our like, apartment and then walked around for the day. And the next morning I woke up and because my legs had swollen on the flight and then I'd walked so much in these like restrictive jeans, the hole from my knees to my ankles was black and purple where blood had like collected around it and it took weeks for it to go away oh my god faith that's terrifying awful I literally rang my mum the next morning and I was like what the fuck is this she was like I have no idea we were like pressing a glass on it in case it was meningitis it was really terrifying and I mean my legs were literally like it was really weird they felt like they were full of fluid where it was oh oh, no that's no I don't like that I don't like that at all I've been trying to find like a wide leg cashmere ju- like uh, tracksuit oh yes can't awful. find it anywhere everywhere is either like you know the ones that go loose but then have elastic at the ankles which I don't oh, like yeah. or they're like um or they're just like uh modal or you know like synthetic yeah. fabrics and like yeah. I want something that's gonna let my skin breathe yeah, because I'm the same. I never feel right traveling in something like jogging bottoms because they feel so slobby. And I'm like, I'm outside. I'm not here to be 
Like, I know I don't need to be, like, super glam, but I also just feel like traveling in tracksuit bottoms just feels like such a cop-out and, like, I'm better than that. <laughs> yeah, I want something that's, like, a step above in terms of glam. Yeah, like an elevator. Can't find one anywhere, though. <laughs> we'll have to find you one. It can be our mission for, like, by the end of the year. <laughs> no, I mean, I honestly, I'm this close to just trying to, like, make some myself because... Might as well. yeah. I, I might if I find any material for it. Yeah, I would, absolutely. Because the only one that I found is literally like £800. <laughs> it's like, I'll spend a couple of hundred. I'm not spending 800 quid. Yeah, because it's not something you would wear all of the time. No, no. And that would be... <laughs> I, I just fully can't afford that. That would be insane. So Sonia's already talking about getting with guys. <laughs> as they get into the car off the airport. You know, I actually wonder if she actually misses having like a family unit and monogamy to an extent like she kind of reminds me of when you break up with someone and you go on this like total slutty rampage and you like yeah you you kind of outwardly you're like oh my god it's so fun but then like deep down you just kind of feel quite empty inside yeah it's like you almost try to convince yourself that it's like some kind of like rumspringer where you're just like yeah right like look at all the sexual experiences that I'm having and then after like two or three weeks you're like oh this is depressing (laughs) yeah that's exactly what I feel like she's like woo I'm the fun girl but then she probably like is quite sad yeah I think so as well poor son so they're greeted by a mariachi band, hot towels, and a cocktail. This was literally another point where I was like, God, I wish I was rich. <laughs> it looks so good. I mean, I have a strong opinion. Everyone thinks that the golden age of flying ended when the Concorde was retired. Mm-hmm. I disagree. <laughs> the golden age of flying ended when they stopped serving hot salted nuts on board with warm oh, towels. Yes. I love a hot towel. It's just so bizarrely refreshing. I love it. God, it was so good. Like, good morning to everyone except for people with nut allergies. (laughs) (laughs) The worst one was I was flying home like a few months ago. Well, (laughs) seven months ago, eight months ago, almost exactly. And uh, they were just like, oh, we've got someone with a severe nut allergy on the plane. So, like, no one can eat any snacks. The worst. And I literally bought one of those, like, raw, like, Snickers peanut butter bars no. from there. I know. Oh. And I was just like, oh, damn. It's a travesty. It's just very inconsiderate. That's yeah, all. It's just so rude. <laughs> so fucking rude. <laughs> so, Ramona's all over Grey Mile outfit was. Yeah, really not the one. Even more not the one when you kind of got to see it in greater detail. Yeah. <laughs> God. I know. It was not it was not cute. It was just a hot mess from start to finish, really. And then it just got worse when she launched herself into the pool and uh, I found Ramona's entire demeanour in this house so upsetting as well. Like the, the house was amazing. Oh, though. The house was incredible. Like it was truly paradise but Ramona walking in and being like oh we've got so many servants and the fact that she called them servants was just too much for my brain to compute with (laughs) I did see someone on Twitter being like Ramona those people are not servants they are domestic workers exactly there are you know housekeepers and things like that and she literally even went up to the manager and was like oh so you're who I need to call if I need something steamed and it's like he's the manager of the house like (laughs) she's just so disconnected from reality I feel it's bizarre it's truly just bizarre every time they go away Ramona makes me so uncomfortable with the way she treats like hotel staff or villa staff or housekeepers or chefs or anything she just it's unbearable to watch she made her money too early in life I think because she's obviously already forgotten what it's like to have less money if that makes sense absolutely or to even just be in that sort of middle ground of wealth again like I need I need to know or I'd be interested to know what her like timeline was yeah I would as well like at which point she became like uber rich because when she met Mario I think she was already living on the Upper East Side going to like a really fancy gym and yeah and living they met at the gym didn't they I think so yeah very strange I I 
I love seeing them in Mexico, obviously, but I just think it would be really great to get these women in Europe. Yeah, I would. Don't as well. you think that would be so good? That would you, be such a like clashing of cultures. Can you imagine them in like a Berlin or something like that? Well, this is the thing. Like all the other franchises get to go further afield. Yeah, I don't know why the New York women only ever seem to go to like Cabo. <laughs> <laughs> Turks and Caicos like they went to um Cartagena and London I think is the furthest afield they've went oh and when they went to was it Morocco oh yeah (laughs) yeah because we get we get the camel flashback (laughs) (laughs) so Luan is already flirting with the men in the house I love this for her. And she, she just makes so... a beeline. She knows what she wants. God bless her. And she just looks so at ease when she does it. Like, it's truly effortless for her. She knows she's hot. <laughs> I actually love Luan throughout this entire episode. I think she was back on... Yeah, what the hell? We like Luan and Dorinda. Like, yeah, what like, going what, on? what happened in this episode? <laughs> like... Everyone just really pales into insignificance when it comes to just disliking Ramona. It's like having a common enemy, isn't it? It brings people together. <laughs> I mean, even when her and Sonia were talking on the beach, like, even Sonia, it was just, like, such bullshit. I was like, stop just... Like, moulding yourself to fit whatever it is Ramona's saying. Like, Sonia was like, yeah, I understand. Like, Leah upset you. Like, she hurt your feelings. And it's like, but you're not... Like, even Sonia can't seem to see the double standard. Or she's just acknowledging it because it's in her favour. Yeah, Sonia, I also feel like, would never truly stand up to Ramona. No, she kind of seems to keep getting... Like, I feel like it's brewing beneath the surface. Like, every time she's drunk at the minute, she'll chime in against Ramona. At any sort of given opportunity. But I don't feel like she'll ever actually stand up and be like, no, you've pissed me off and you've hurt my feelings. Yeah. Yeah. She's she is simply too weak, <laughs> as the girl said last episode. Exactly. I mean, uh, do you think Sonia realises that she gets a complete free pass when it comes to Ramona? I think she'd have to be deluded not to. But then Sonia does live right on the cusp of delusions. So. Yeah, I I can't really tell. I can't tell if she's knowingly going along with it or if she's genuinely just kind of so out of her mind that... Yeah. It's like a Stockholm Syndrome thing, though. (laughs) (laughs) She genuinely is just like, it's better to be in her good graces than against us, so whatever she says is fine. Well, it is. And, I mean, if you had a friend that treated you like that, like, it's not really great friend behavior is it no absolutely not it's not something that you'd really put up with no and I mean we then we next uh, literally the next scene is just a perfect example of this double standard that's in play <laughs> oh yeah okay so <laughs> so anyway we learn that Sonia has relayed to Leah what Ramona said about the mental disorders and she knows that she's been doing some kind of online research and Leah feels violated that her mental health has been brought into this which is totally fair and like you say it's not that it was brought up because she's obviously put it out there I mean she's written this public blog yeah but the fact that Ramona behind her back has decided to kind of pin this on her. Yeah, and to pin it on her bipolar when, as Leah said, like she's not even been taking medication for it. Mm. She, like it just seems such a, I don't know if it's like ignorance or just malicious or what it is, but it's like this thing of like Ramona's going, oh, well, we can just, you know, she's got bipolar. So of course she's acting crazy. Of course she's doing this. It's obviously because of this when it's not, necessarily anything to do with the other I think it's malicious because again like we said it it wasn't addressed yeah to her you know I I think if Ramona oh hello anything this oh hello your microphone cut out there okay should I yeah I I think it's I think it's the fact that Ramona went behind her back and talked about this you know I think if she she had gone to Lee and said look I read about this is everything okay blah 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 Mm -hmm. it would maybe be a slightly different story yeah or even if Ramona had said like oh like I've read about this is this what's causing this and even if Leah was just like no I'm literally just acting however I want at least then it would sort of absolve Ramona of a bit of the responsibility because at least she's 
discussed it with her rather than just like claiming that's the reason and running with it and telling other people that that's the reason yeah and like going and like parroting this off to everyone else yeah when it's not even fact it's just her opinion of the fact that this is maybe why Leah's a bit more out there (laughs) I mean by out there we're still literally talking about the fact that she literally just danced on a friend in a party (laughs) yeah yeah which at least three other people were also doing So Dorinda explains that Ramona and Leah need a reconciliation, but Ramona, of course, feels that Leah should be apologising to her. Of course she does. I'd I'd love to just spend a day in Ramona's brain. (laughs) I I think I'd be scared of what I'd see. (laughs) Like, I just don't understand how she can be so utterly deluded as to, like, I don't know whether she just doesn't consider what she's doing wrong or whether she just thinks that nobody else knows about that so she doesn't need to apologise for it. Yeah, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. I think, like I say, there's a level of like self-delusion. There's a level of actually, again, coming into this like elitism. So the fact that yeah. Sonia happened to marry into a certain social class yeah even though she's divorced somehow seems to absolve her whereas you know they've got this whole narrative like well Leah's rough around the edges you know well what are you basing that on it can't be on behavior alone can it because yeah because they don't actually know her all that well and I mean Ramona even sort of says this bit where she's like oh well you know Leah likes to just chug a few drinks down and spread her legs and roll around and it's like based on what like yeah she's like (laughs) three two three occasions where she's got drunk and danced around like a maniac or done something a bit daft and what does fucking Sonia do I mean I'm sorry like literal leg spreading literally this next like scene basically is Sonia hammered naked in front of like the poor woman who's just trying to blow dry her hair yeah I feel like that really was not okay with the service staff like that's super uncomfortable for them to be put in that situation yeah and I mean I don't even know if that woman is meant to be a hairdresser or if they'd literally just collared somebody who happened to work in the house and be like can you blow dry our hair it it seems to me that that was the case (laughs) which is just so terrible but yeah the fact that it's like Sonia is literally completely like stark naked writhing around legs spread rolling around drunk in front of this poor woman who's literally just trying to do something that's not even her job. And Ramona didn't say anything. Even when Dorinda comes in and is like, do you not think she should, you know, maybe go to sleep or have a nap? And she's just like, no, no, she's fine. I think that was a rare moment of insight um, from Dorinda to kind of say, I think we should put her to bed. Yeah, exactly. And it would have saved so much chaos, I think. And I feel like in the next episode of the night, it's not going to be over either. But I just think Coke with rose. Yeah, I mean, that's. <laughs> that's not the actions of a person who's okay at their, at their deepest, darkest core. I had like a little bit of sick in the back of my mouth. And <laughs> that's what she was drinking. Like, <laughs> God, I mean, what, what would possess you? God, I know. I don't know if she just thinks, oh, well, because Coke's dark, it'll mask whatever alcohol's in it. So I can just throw rose in and it's fine. <laughs> honestly even the thought of what that would smell like just sends me sends me sideways I mean we did get obviously Ramona the avoider then just trotting around doing literally everything she can to avoid even being in the same space as Leah which is just pathetic and at some point she's like I'm not avoiding the situation I'm not shunning her it's like you've literally you've hovered by a chef for 20 minutes trying to tell him how to cook ceviche Yeah, you've literally hovered around the ceviche man. He's being referred to as the ceviche man and you're trying to tell him how to do his freaking job. Yeah, which it seems to just include put pomegranate on it. (laughs) Sonia is wandering around and she just goes, I have the unstoppable pussy. (laughs) Did you catch the next bit where she said, that's why I'm fucking a New York Ranger? what no and what's a new york ranger so you know like the is it the hockey team is it yeah like the new york rangers i'm sure it's like a um like the new york hockey team um (laughs) yeah just after she said i've got unstoppable pussy she's like that's why i'm fucking a new york ranger oh my god okay that's no i didn't know that i i guess i assume that like it was maybe like park ranger adjacent or (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's it's the hockey team. I love the notion that thought Sonia was fucking a park ranger. <laughs> I, I prefer the park ranger narrative. I do as well. I think we should just roll with that. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, Sonia makes it to the ceviche station. And I mean, poor sweet Eduardo just doing his very best to do a ceviche demonstration. And these women are just... It's just chaos. You, I love the little sort of brief glimpses we get of like the staff's faces. They're kind of going, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> God. But then again, this is why I would just hate to work in this kind of industry because I would just be like, really? These people are making the money? Like, are you How joking? Serve these people dinner. <laughs> yeah, I would just be furious. I would not be very good at doing humble in this no, setting. I wouldn't either. And I mean, we just get the glimpse of Sonia where she's just going, I haven't had anything to drink. I'm fine. <laughs> She's like cross-eyed, struggling to stay upright at the table. Can literally barely get a word out. I did love though when um, Sonia was just like, Mona said something about her girlfriend and Sonia was like, good for your girlfriend. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, again, again, Ramona doesn't say anything. Yeah, she just like laughs it off and sweeps it under the rug. And it's like, if that had been Leah... Like, she'd have gone in on her. It was Yeah, and Leah fully calls out and just goes, yeah. like, well, imagine if I'd have said that. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, oh, God. The, so we get to that argument, well, discussion, argument, I don't know what it is. And Ramona's, like, fucking psycho eyes when Leah was talking about, Ramona talking about her depression. And the uh, Ramona's eyes just got that huge vacant stare behind them. <laughs> she does have scary eyes. It was just bizarre. Like it was almost like you could watch her like become a different person almost, and you could just see. And she goes like, she starts to talk in this voice as if she's talking a crazy person down, and it was just so patronizing. It was unbearable, and I found Ramona's entire demeanor in this argument like hideous. She's so passive aggressive and bitchy. I mean, you know, for all that she wants to say, that she tells it like it is, and she's blunt yeah. and. You're right. She was avoiding. She was being passive aggressive. She was kind of deflecting, and ugh, it was just not a good look, was it? No, and she and is I, gaslighting her. I'm Leah is fucking about, right. She is gaslighting her. Literally, just about to say this whole like, well, if you don't know how you hurt me, then that just hurts me more. Is such like a narcissistic, abusive, gaslighting, like ploy that people like use during like emotional abuse it's just one of those things where it's like you can't say that she, Leah literally asked her like six or seven times why she's hurt and all she was like well if you just don't know then that just hurts me more and it's like it's such a dick move and also I just feel like she did this in Newport and the girls called her out on it do you know what I mean so it's not like she hasn't done it before yeah exactly and like I refuse to believe that I mean to be fair again in this episode Luan and Dorinda seem to be pretty savvy about what Ramona's actually doing, which was shocking. Yeah, but they also don't fully come to Leah's defence. Not in this half, anyway. No, I just feel like everybody just sits there and lets Leah try and like deflect all of this on her own and try to deal with it. And I feel like it would have been much more supportive if they'd at least been like you know backing her a little bit or at least being like I just don't understand can you explain even to me why this is such a problem yeah yeah or like if Luann was like okay well maybe Leah doesn't know but like can you tell us what it was yeah exactly and it was just it was just chaos from start to finish this whole episode was just wild (laughs) well Ramona also loves to play the whole I'm treating you like a mother I took you in like she loves to play that card yeah, she said I took you in. It's like, how? How? You literally didn't. Like, Leah was a grown-ass woman with her own business and her own apartment. You've done nothing except chide her like a child. <laughs> yeah, treat her like a moron, essentially. Yeah. It was, oh God, there was just so much with it where I literally finished the episode and was just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I do think we finished on an excellent line, though. Leah saying... If you saw my pussy, you'd remember it. Yes. <laughs> I did very much enjoy that. I love that. I thought it was a great little closing out section. 
So they go out, out in the next episode. We get a Ramona and Dorinda confrontation by the looks of it. And we also get, God bless, a camel ride. I am so happy to have Lou back on a camel. I, I love Lou sparring with a camel. I know. <laughs> what is it we think they sense about her that they just... I don't know. They definitely get some kind of weird energy. Maybe it's like horses where they can just sense people. <laughs> Pheromones. <laughs> yeah. It's the pheromones. <laughs> oh, God. You can follow Faith on Instagram at Faith underscore Elizabeth, two H's in Faith. And you can check out her writing work on faithrichardson.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not yeah. .com. <laughs> Good. .co.uk. <laughs> you can follow me on twitter at louisa g rogers and you can check out my work on louisarogers.net and you can also follow this podcast on instagram at bravo and the brits don't forget to like subscribe and leave a rating if you're enjoying it speak to you soon